So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. Okay, welcome to Future Creep. Colin. Built-in microwave. Semicolon. That one where we discuss uh, making a game about ethics. Or yeah. Something. Um, so I, I kind of brought this up to you, and we were talking about it a little bit earlier um, off off the mics, and so we're gonna we're gonna make a podcast about it. So here we go. Um, I think we've we, been talking a lot about making games. We've been talking a lot about making games. Yeah, all kinds of different games. Yeah, and um, that certainly fits in the sort of broad category of design because there's you know we're designing an experience for people to yep. um, hopefully play, and so um, I think. I think where uh, where I wanted to start with this was just kind of like lay the groundwork of um, like saying, hey, I want to make, you know, Meg, let's make a game together and let's make it around ethics, something that you've spent a considerable amount of time studying. Sure. And so that could be some, in my mind, like there's some ethical component in the sense that that's a, some, some fundamental game mechanic of the game and then um, that's how the game works would be played is like based around some mechanic of ethics and so um i think traditionally like it's when you kind of first look at things like especially when people talk about games in the sense of like oh it's like a teaching tool like i want to teach some subject and yeah. so then you create this game around learning something but um oftentimes i think those fall short because they're they're oftentimes um an attempt to gamify a thing mm -hmm. so that's kind of a gamify is like kind of a new concept i'm sure most people yeah. are aware of it now but the idea of like gamifying mm, things, i don't know we should describe it yeah i mean i my my sort of understanding of gamifying things is um is turning things into a game right it's like okay i have to do this unpleasant task or i have to do this thing that i would like to be doing yeah um and i'm having a hard time like getting it done like paying your bills or something and so you gamify it by like attaching like some other reward to it right you know, like, like a bed brownie like a bed brownie exactly why don't you tell me what tell us about what that is uh so i used to uh, live in this house and if i got all of my chores done and i got everything set up the way it needed to be for the next day and i gave future meg a head start on things and all of that good stuff i would give myself a like a quarter of a brownie right before I went to bed uh -huh. and I kept it next to my bed, which is like terrible for your teeth. Don't do that. But, uh, so like, so my reward for making it through a day uh -huh. and meeting whatever expectations I had for myself was that I got to end the day with a bite of my bed brownie. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. I mean, you have to be the sort of person who's willing to impose limitations on yourself yeah, I mean, and not just of... eat the brownie up front. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I think a lot of, um, a lot of gamifying like your life is uh can be difficult like that because it you know at the end of the day it comes down to like how much willpower can you assert on yourself yeah in order to follow the rules that you've tried to lay down right um but <clears throat> anyway the the concept of gamifying and so i think um you know like if you if you've ever had opportunity to look at like sort of scholastic learning games where it's yeah. like oh like do these math problems and then the character advances on the story or whatever and i think yep. um those kind of meet with 
some amount of success sometimes. I mean, I'm sure there, there's like a whole, there's a whole industry around that. And there's like a lot of like really in-depth research, like that guy, um, we saw at the space health conference this year, um, he was talking about, um, creating these games. I, yes, as like a learning, as a, they weren't just a learning tool. Like he was, it was beyond that. Like I would, I would describe them as, um, kind of a neurological medicine is what he was kind of getting at. He's like, if you have these neurological things going on, we can, you can play that. Like we're going to create a game Mm -hmm. that's going to um, help you deal with them, either form better neurological pathways or, or, you know, kind of like work around a problem you are, you're having or something like that. And, and his thing was mostly focused on um, these games sort of being adaptive. And so then they were able to, um, scale the difficulty with the individual player. So it was both an individual thing. And so then they were showing uh, in the research that players were able to more quickly learn a particular skill um, based on the activity they were doing in the game. And so um, I was just thinking about, you know, ethics just being a very interesting topic. And then maybe um, it doesn't necessarily need to be in the learning domain so much as just Mm -hmm. like an exploration space. Um, I think about um, <clears throat> games as much more like what's the nature of play, you know, like what does that mean to play? Yeah. Um, and, you know, we have tons of very popular games and there's elements about them that work and don't work and, you know, why people continue to want to go back to play them. But I was thinking more just in the sort of the narrow field and discussion of like this particular topic of like, Hey, how would we make a game that might incorporate some massive part of ethics? Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of wanted to talk to you about that and see like, well, what do you like? What is your initial impression before I like front load you too much with my ideas of what it means (laughs) to be a video game? (laughs) Well, I don't, I mean, I have no idea how you would adapt it. Like I probably because I don't know that much about games. Right. Right. I mean, that's what I think is my, hurdle here is like i i i'm i can think of like interesting things in ethics that might be like i I guess i don't know how you would incorporate ethics into the gameplay like what is the mechanics what are the mechanics of the game Mm -hmm. that such that you could like break down or combine ethical theory i don't know i have no idea how where to go with that right so um you know, there's the classic ethic pro- ethical problem of the, the trolley problem, right? Like that's like a yeah. That's a, so the like I a, a yes. So like the trolley problem is a specific scenario to illustrate a specific type of ethical conundrum. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you're talking about, in essence, is like under the umbrella of like thought experiments, right? Right. And so it's a thought experiment that specifically deals with the ethical conundrum of utilitarianism whether it's better to kill one person to save a bunch of people or let things take its course and just happen and a bunch of people die but you're are you culpable for inaction right right um well and so that uh that in and of itself so if you can imagine like you could create um a simulation of that yeah right um and you could do lots of iterations. so like in a video game you're like oh look at i'm suddenly standing on this bridge and lo and behold right and i mean the input to this game is basically push the button or don't right with a timer yeah oh and i yes and when we were talking about this before i was like the name of the game is someone's gonna die (laughs) (laughs) right right (laughs) there's no way out (laughs) right there's no way out somebody's about to die yeah um and you know and i think one of the things i wanted to be um like I'm sort of conscientious of is like you make a game like that. You don't want to add your own um, 
or I would not want to, other people might, you know, prefer this, but I don't want to add my own like thoughts and feelings about that where it's like, well, if you do push the button, then you're rewarded. Or if my feeling is you shouldn't push the button, then when you don't push the button, you're rewarded. Like there's no reward. It's just right. the outcome is exactly what you know is going to happen, right? Like, you know, the <laughs> the trial- reward is now you understand nihilism. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so I, I was just thinking around, um, you know, this is kind of a simplistic approach, but there's certainly a lot of thought experiments lend themselves to creating a video game of some kind like video games i don't believe have to be the stricter nature of games and play in the sense where um (laughs) that's funny so um yeah we're we're podcasting from the living room kitchen uh, living room uh, kitchen that's great because it is just one room (laughs) yeah so um so that would be the sound of the uh what was that the well you're gonna hear you're gonna hear someone cooking in the instapot and messing around in the kitchen which is totally fine so has, sorry. Has nothing to do with our proposal for an ethics game. Right. So um I, I guess what I was gonna say is uh the, the it doesn't have to be um a traditional game in the sense of there's a um like there's a reward system or there's like a point system or there's some like winners and losers or that there's any winner or any loser. Um a lot of times when you just think of the nature of play in general, um, it's more about exploring and like exploring a particular space. Right. Mm -hmm. So in the ethics domain, like we're talking about like, Oh, like let's think about some ethical problems. Yeah. It could be very well. Like we could create a game that was around, um, just exploring those ethical problems in a more tangible way. Mm -hmm. It's perfectly fine to sit around, um, like as an adult and, you know, we, we have much more control over our imagination in some ways, hopefully yep. where it's like, Oh no. Okay. Like I'm going to envision the trolley problem and I can see a trolley and it sits there while I put the people, the actors in place and I'm thinking about how it might feel. Um, but sometimes it helps to put those in a more tangible environment. Like you put them in some virtual environment and it's like, no, okay, now I can see them. Yeah. And I can see that as I, you know, as I push this button, my character pulls the lever or doesn't pull the lever, you know? And, and so, um, that can be, uh, helpful in itself that also can be um you know hopefully like we would create an environment where there's more more room to explore beyond just a single action mm-hmm. um but also like having certain constraints like you know i mean one thing about the trolley problem is it's like the interesting thing about the game is it's like okay ready go now you have 15 seconds to make this decision not let's sit around and discuss what the best thing to do is it's a little bit different yeah it's not because part of the trolley problem is that you don't have time to think about it too much. You do need to make a decision. This isn't like, okay, let's just go out to dinner, have a couple beers. You know, in the morning when we're hungover, let's go have coffee and continue to discuss it. Let's get real stressed out about it. Let's go get drunk. Let's go get high, whatever. Next year, after I've written a co- written a couple of papers, talked to some other people, like we're all going to arrive at the right thing to do. <laughs> we're all it's gonna, like, no, you've got about 15 seconds right now. What are you going to do? Um, so that is a kind of more immediate change to the situation, right? Like the problem is a little different yeah. than it being this like hypothetical thing when you're playing the game. It's like, nope, now you have a decision. You started the game, so you've agreed to this that someone's going to die. So now who is it? <laughs> now you get to decide who. Right. Um, I just, like, I totally want to have like an organ transplant scarcity game. 
<laughs> like, this sounds terrible when I say it out loud. <laughs> but no, I mean, look, like there's, um, that's actually, I was thinking when you mentioned that. So the idea of um, kind of something where in the game you must take responsibility for your patients. It's like, okay, who do I give, who do I give these organs to based on some rudimentary, like, like sounds boring, but you could make it fun. It's like, okay, like your goal is to maximize patient outcomes with organs, right? It's like, I have, um, you know, 50 people who need kidney transplants. I have 25 <laughs> kidneys. Who gets what? The only and people then, who play this game are going to be people who already work as esthetists. Because everybody else is going to be like, they're going to have the same problem that we have with the TV show, The Office. Like, I work in an office. I don't want to go back to that environment in my head for sure. even more time without getting paid this round. <laughs> right. Like, why would I also then watch my own personal hell on TV? Right. Yeah. Or like people people who are not familiar with ethics will be like, this game is a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> Like right. immediately. Right. And be like, right. wait, someone has to die? <laughs> right. But you can, um, I mean, it, 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 there's a lot to do there. Like, I mean, even just from like a, as a simulation, um, there's room to create play there where it's like, oh, I need to think about these things and know that some of them will just be random. And there's, a, there's some ability to create some chance in the game. And it's like, well, I'm going to, it's it's a sort of kind of gamble, right? Yeah. And some people might be really interested in it. I don't know. I mean, it's I'm not, not saying we shouldn't do it. I'm just yeah, like now no, I'm no, having just, flashes sure. in my mind of like who would be entertained besides us by this idea, and I'm right. like, it's a lonely group, and everyone else thinks we're terrible. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I, you know, it's uh, but that is kind of more along the lines yeah. of how we might create a game. Um, or some interactive software where it's like you're going to have an interaction. Like you can go, here's the field of play. These are the options you have. These are the choices you can make. And you can, you know, the nice thing about it too is like you can restart and, you know, make different pathways and like you can play it out in your head and you can play it out in in silico, so to speak, and yeah. like simulate it and like try it out. And, um, you know, so what are some other, I mean, so you know organ transplants like organ you know scarcity of, of viable organs and yeah. viable transplants are I mean, certainly that, an ethical I issue. still have no idea how you would turn this into a game like I I, I think I, I don't know that it would be a very rewarding game to play and it doesn't have to like I mean we don't have to um, part of this discussion is just to kind of throw some stuff on the wall and just see what sticks and it's like okay like maybe that's not a great pathway to go down but if you have, um, but people like to play like surgeon simulator games. Yeah, but that's fun because you're like doing something with your hands in the game or like the surgeon simulator is hilarious because there's lots of gore that goes with it. Sure. Right. Like, and it's, it's also like, like oh, it's no, absurd. Where's that, where's and, that bone you know, saw going to go? Right. Right. But like the ethics, it just seems like such a downer of an experience. Like it, it doesn't, I think the game would inform far less than source material would and probably make it even more painful. Sure. Yeah. I, and that's okay. Like, I mean, this it's just a torture game. It's, it's really, game. It, it, ostensibly, it's a game about ethics, but right. really, it's about torturing strangers almost to death. You know, you know funny. funny. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but it also, I mean, that doesn't have to be the idea. Like, I mean, that's kind of the yeah. point of having this discussion. It's like, okay, well, we'll bend that one for now. Like, it can just sit over there and we'll look at some other things. I mean, there are other ethical problems in the right. world all the time. Um, and that as you've often described it, it's, it's more about a tool set about thinking about things. And so it's, 
to me, it's an interesting way to like, oh, how might we be inspired to come up like, with some things? I wonder if there would be some kind of way that we could like each player has, kind, you know, like in Trivial Pursuit, how you get little pieces of the pie. Sure. And yeah. once you fill the pie, you're done. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like, I mean, in the same way that there isn't really, there's a vague sense of keeping score in Trivial Pursuit. Yeah. But it's not the number of questions you get right in that category. It's the number of questions it takes you to obtain that pie piece and move on to the next color. Yes. Right? right. So it's not actually someone could be faring much better answering the questions of the game, but not getting ahead with pie pieces, which is sort of the the chaos of it. Right. The right. random chaos of it. Right. And so anyone could win mm -hmm. because it really only matters if you're right six times. Right. But you're going to have many more than six opportunities to be right in that game. And sometimes being right will get you nothing. Right, right. So like I think if there was some kind of a gameplay like that, mm -hmm. maybe make it more laterally accessible because then you can blend the different um sort of concepts in ethics mm -hmm. and draw on different ethical disciplines mm -hmm. to populate the gameplay mm -hmm. without having to tier it. So mm -hmm. I guess like I don't I don't know anything about game design, so I'm probably not using any kind of language that makes sense in that context, but when I think of there's a, like a great equalizer in Trivial Pursuit. Uh-huh. Or there's several of them. And yeah. so there could be in this game too where just because you think... So the thing, the trap that I would feel like you might encounter in ethics is that people will want to do the good thing. Yeah. But like the good, the argument over what is the good is like the argument throughout the history of ethics. Like it's ongoing. It's not like a thing. Right. Um, or not like specific. And so you would have to give people plenty of opportunities to navigate the ethical play of the game. Like, is this better or worse for who? Right. <clears throat> How, like, what are the consequences? Are there unintended? Well, you know, all these things. In, I mean, you could imagine a game that, um, well, okay. Setting aside whether it's a game or not. Yeah. Um, a, a mode of play or a device or some interactive experience where, you are um, basically left to face the sort of face your own ethical creations, right? Yeah. So like you're like <gasps> ethical oh. Frankenstein. Yeah, I mean it's sort of like you you um, you're left to face the consequences of the decisions that you're making. So like if it was like oh you're faced with the trolley problem and it's like you're one you decide like you pull the lever. Yeah. And now you're in another situation where that person that get the person that gets killed by pulling the lever is more important to you this time. Hmm. Right. And all of these things where it's like, okay, it, it's something that basically would be more like a mirror. It's like you're, you're left to kind of face the consequences of your decisions, right? Regardless of whether they're good or bad. Yeah. Like that's up to you. And like, I, the way, like in the sense that, um, the thing that I think would be difficult to capture is that yeah. there's not really a prescribed right or wrong in most situations. There's better or worse, or well, there's like, and that's where that's where I'm kind of getting at. Yeah. Is it's like it, the game would allow you to fast forward into um, facing those facing those rights and wrongs, whether they're right or or, or facing those decision points mm -hmm. in lots of different contexts, and allow you to. Um, it would basically always challenge you. And be like, oh, you, you've decided that pulling the lever is the right, the ethical thing to do. Mm -hmm. And then you find, you know, you get to explore that line for you. Where is it? When is it no longer the right thing to do? When is it that I more value the life of that individual or I more value my, um, 
my non-participation in the death of somebody over knowing that I could have prevented the deaths of more people. How do or, you get that into a game? That sounds well, because, so complicated. Because you have, um, you have different iterations. It's not always the trolley problem. Like the trolley problem is like this time it was a lever. Right. And no, a I get that. But how do you, how do you actually manifest that in the course of playing a game? So just before we kind of get down the, like, before we like fully form like some concept of a game, we just mm -hmm. kind of think about like other thought experiments where that line is moved. It's like, okay, now instead of the trolley problem being one person and three, it's 20 people and four. And now instead of it being a trolley, it's more of like, um, you know, it's on a road and steering a car away or it's, um, yeah, I get you know, all that. Like, but yeah. how do you, how do you inject, like when you encounter this problem in oh. the course of gameplay, how, what is it that selects for that randomness? Well, it, it, I mean, it can either be random. Um, no, but or, I mean like if you were playing this game, like on a board, right, this has got to yeah. be electronic cause you could never do this on a game board. Sure. Yeah. So like, is there just a bank of things like, oh, the number of people, like how, where are the variables that you would give the variation in the gameplay to? Right. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like how? So if we kind of like step, step back a minute and don't worry about the, um, the practical implementation of it and just think about like, you know. But what, unless I can think of how well, it's no, going to no, be implemented, I, I can't saying, think of like a good example. Yeah, no, of, I'm just saying like if we draw back from that for a second and we mm -hmm. just like we know thought experiment land like it's pretty much sky the limit if you can think of it. That's the nature yeah. of it. Um, or that that becomes the reality in that thought experiment. If you um, you have to you do there's a lot of thinking to be done about it like we need to think about the problems mm -hmm. and be like okay where are the variables like you know to kind of stay on the trolley problem for a minute there's some obvious variables like i talked about like the number of people like the balance between pushing the button and not pushing the button yeah to save one party versus another and then also there's the variable of like well do i know who these people are Mm -hmm. And what do I personally value? But how will I be alerted to this variable as I'm playing the game? I understand that. Like yeah. I understand, like as we represent that, it, it that, that's where um, that's part of the fun of making the game. Like that's some thinking that has to happen. I see. Um, you know, and whether like I'm, it's just a little foothold that I found. I'm not saying that it necessarily leads in the right direction. I'm just saying that it's like, oh, maybe there's a foothold over here where if we did change things up, and part of the game was about. If the goal was to say, have the player be confronted with um, the the fifty shades of gray of the problem, right? The ethical dilemma, not the horrible novel, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, if there if if part of the game is like, hey, here's here's a lot of different variations, and you never know what you're going to get faced with, and we can, um, you know, the trolley problem, like you can there's a lot of variable right there just from a programmatic point of view where like i said like, like the easiest thing is like waiting it's a gate right it's like do you go left or right and on the left is the death of one person and on the right is the death of three people and then you can immediately like weigh it both ways where it's like oh on the left is the death of 50 people and on the right is the death of one person well that seems like a no-brainer most people are like i'm not pulling the lever but now if that person is your significant other or your child yeah or someone you care about now it's like, well, you might pull the lever. And then again, you're also in the game where it's like your only consequences are in the like the virtual. So can you not like progress through the game until you choose an answer? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I haven't I, you know, I haven't gotten that far. I'm just kind of like, you know, there, there's certainly um, 
you know, maybe we leave the game where it's like you can just walk away from the ethical dilemmas and not know, right? You don't know what happened. Your choice was to leave and not participate, which means that you don't know if the, like, you didn't stay to find out if the people got run over by the trolley, but they probably did. How is it a game, though? Like, I'm still missing something key here. Well, what what does a game mean to you? Well, you'd have to win somehow. Right, but, I mean, when you were a kid and you went to go play in the sandbox, it's a pretty fun toy. Well, yeah, but the, I, sure, but, like, if you're going to make it episodic around, like, different thought experiments, what mm-hmm. you're talking about is somebody, like, following a path through the game. That's a, a way to think about it, but, I mean, you could also imagine it's, like, um, it's just a game board in a set, like it's an environment. So like if you do in the thought experiment world, it's like, okay, well I have autonomy. I can walk over here and now I'm faced with this dilemma or I can walk around it and not deal with the dilemma. How do you select for the dilemma? Like, do you roll dice? Do you like, so I, you know, we could put it in a three dimensional environment where you're just walking around a town or something. And there, there you are and you hear the train coming and it's like, you know, or you hear the trolley coming and you can see the people screaming on the tracks and you can either go over there and pull the lever that is interesting. That makes that setup makes sense to me. Sure, right. Um, you know, I mean that that, and that there's lots of ways <laughs> to represent that, right? I just feel like so many of things are uh, so many of the like problems that you'd encounter are kind of like boring unless you're already like a super geek in that area. Like, like the really interesting thought experiments usually come when there's a life and death situation, and so yeah. it, a lot of it's like biomedical. Sure. Um, you know, right. like live or die right. with right. with or without intervention sort of things. Right. But I can't think of too terribly many. I mean, like that. if you had, I mean, I'm just, this is very loosely, like I don't fully envision this, but hmm. if we did kind of, if you had that sort of sandbox, and, sandbox environment where you have some autonomy to wander around and either engage with or not engage with ethical dilemmas, yeah. as we've described them. Um you could gamify the game in a sense of you just have an ethical dilemma resolution counter. And so the more that you encounter and the more you've made a decision about the the higher that goes. Oh, so there we go. I I like that idea. Pretty trivial. I just like, what's the point of it? Like what's the point of it? Right. Because if there's no point to it, then you're basically just playing like a more upsetting version of life. Right. (laughs) Like your everyday life. Like someday you're going to have to probably make a decision about somebody's end of life care, but you can make it right now in this game for no reward whatsoever. (laughs) Right. Right. And you know, and you could also, you could also report statistics about your behavior to yourself. And it's like, it's a score in a sense, but, but like, so for instance, um, like logical consistency, right? Yeah. It's like you've kind of, you've declared that, you know, in the trolley problem, it's like you've declared that pulling the lever, action is more important than inaction, right? Right. You've declared that. You've said, nope, this is the ethical thing to do. And then later when you don't, when you behave like against that, then statistically, yeah, you're in your statistics, it's like, you know, you're only 45% logical and you're, well, right. uh, logical, that gives a huge value to it. But I think you know what I mean in the sense of like you're consistent or not consistent or you're, you know, how did your your belief system change or how did your behavior change based on um, and it can yeah. also identify to you like <clears throat> what were influencing factors. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, you That's know, so complicated. It's it's complicated. But the thing, the nice thing about programming or at least in the software realm is that once you've sort of set up these things, a lot of this stuff is emergently emergent and available to you. Mm-hmm. Like we already know, like if we set up an environment where the player pushed the button or did not push the button. 
programmatically returning the statistics of how many times they push the button is trivial, right? Yeah. And processing that data is pretty trivial. It's like, well, they push the button 50% of the time. Like there's no, I don't have to worry about doing the deep calculation. <clears throat> And I don't well, that's to, what people are going to want to know. What does it all mean? Well, sure. And we can't, you know, there's nothing we can return on that. I mean, that's like a a weird. Um, oh, I pulled the thing. Yeah. I'm messing know, with the that's microphone okay. cord. That's okay. Just cut out one ear on my headphone. I'm Me too. Like, what are you doing? Okay. Um, <laughs> just sabotaging our sabotaging, podcast. Right. It's ruined. Forget it. Just I have so much angst imagining all of the, like, unhappiness this game will cause. I'm, like, <laughs> wringing my hands around this. <laughs> cord but i i mean this would be like this game would be such a party killer <laughs> oh it absolutely would i mean <laughs> it'd be like the mime showing up at the party in the sims in the sims yeah it's like oh no what's that sad clown doing here <laughs> get him out of here that sad clown just had to make the cho- the trolley choice uh-huh it also you know it's funny um it this makes me think of in uh rick and morty there's one episode where um there's a they go play a video game and Oh man, I am not a good fan that I can't remember the name of the video game. Um, hold on a second. Oh, I still won't remember. It doesn't matter. They play you, you play this like life simulation and it's like in game. It's like virtual yeah. reality and like in game like you like the first time Morty plays it, he believes like it, it's super disorienting to him because his experience is as if the 50 years of the lifetime that he lived out as this person like actually existed like oh. got married grow grow old yeah. and die of a heart attack yeah and um and so that's kind of like i'm envisioning it's like this is such a bummer because it's like <laughs> it's like, oh, really well, close go, to home right it's like you know well really what we're talking about is like you know you could just live your life and have all these ethical right. dilemmas at home you don't need to buy a video game at all <laughs> right like all of these things might happen to you well maybe not the trolley thing but you'll yeah, have to make not. terrible horrible life or death decisions at some point in your life why not make them toys right play our game yeah exactly or if you're a real masochist yeah you can play it even more than once but it doesn't have to be um i mean the trolley problem is like really macabre right but you can dial the trolley problem back to um i mean this could very quickly devolve into like arguments over the right to live or die and like the abortion debate and yeah but we can dial it back to like you can also represent the trolley problem in in much more like um in if it's not in life and death terms it's like if i pull this lever three people are going to be better off at the detriment of this other person (laughs) where it's like hey if i pull this lever then you know you know what this game needs what this game needs the same kind of interactivity that you get with something like super cranium oh, uh-huh. where like you have to pit stop in the game and you have to make things out of clay or like draw a thing or something. Uh-huh. And it would be really hilarious to be like, this person gets a pie in the face no matter what, unless you decide to take the pie and put it in somebody else's face. Yeah. Yeah. In which like it could have actual real world consequences, like immediate, like, game prop consequences okay someone's gonna get their thumb hammered i just know it (laughs) actually you could make an online game that would have um you know like you could have real world consequences where it's like if you if you pull the lever three other online players get a boost in their points but one person has to give up that Mm um i mean that's just a game mechanic you could add but you don't get a benefit yourself ah you don't, you know, you push it or don't push it. It's up to you. Like, but I feel way, I feel like this game could have really fun outcomes if it had, if we somehow imported the immediate consequence factor. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, I want to zap people. You want to zap? I want the capability for zapping to happen. Uh huh. I mean, you have that. Uh, like when you play online, I mean, people get very emotionally like in into it. Oh. Like people are very upset. People are very excited. Yeah. Um. And so there's certainly room to create these ethical dilemmas. I mean, they happen already online. Yes. All the time. Yeah, that's true. Um, but to put it more formally into position and put it in a, in a form of gameplay is, a, I don't know, I just think it's an interesting concept. It's something like when you brought it up, I was like, I, I want to talk to you more about this, like beyond like just, you know, yeah, 20 minutes on a podcast or something. Have we only been talking about 20 minutes? 30, 31. We're already suffering from, I need zapping, I need cream pies. <laughs> cream pies and zapping, right. Right. Yeah. Ethics game. Yeah. I'm actually, I yeah, well. Feature creep in ethics games. Right. Um, Something has to hurt. <laughs> There's got to be like a, a modicum of pain involved. I always, I, I've always wondered about the like, the withdrawal of joy oh. as a pain. Like, oh. because it's like, before you had the joy, you were fine. Then you got the thing and now it's taken away. And that sort of come down. And then when someone else does that to you, like you were fine before, like you didn't need that thing, whatever it was, or that, mm. that experience that you're having, like you were perfectly fine. You didn't even know about it until recently. And then now you're having this great experience and you're feeling really good about things. And then someone comes along and takes it away from you. Mm -hmm. That's upsetting. Yeah. But it also, you know, that, that joy fades over time anyway. I don't know. Anyway, I mean, I just, I was thinking about like, zapping people versus i mean that happens on online on video games all the time right i mean especially in those like first person shooters where it's like yeah you know you're you're killing other online players and you know you're by the nature of they're having a good time over there not being dead and like really like doing well and then you get then you go along and shoot them in the face and now they don't get to play for the rest of the round I mean, that's exactly what we're talking about. You take it's just it, random. They were perfectly. They weren't playing before. Yeah. So no, it's not. I mean, it's not random. It's a. It's a game of skill. It's. I mean, it's a choice that you make in the game. To, yeah, to like you and you somebody. also agree. And I mean, I'm sure some people will be like, actually, I don't mind dying. I mean, that's the nature of it, and it can be fun or whatever. But yeah. but the the fundamental of it is that the goal <laughs> is to you know stay alive and win the round, <clears throat> right? And be the last one standing with your pea shooter, right? Well, and, that means you have to kill everybody else. Yeah, and that's fine oh. as long as you're winning. You're feeling good about the fact that you've killed everybody else, but then someone comes along and kills you, and they've taken away your joy of winning the round. Right. That's what I'm getting at. Is like that's already mm, it's something that's the going on all the time. Removal of joy. I mean, it's a it's a like a mild form of psychological pain, right? Yeah, it's punishment. It's like how you get at little kids. Like, yeah. oh, you don't get toy time later. Right. You don't get TV time. Yeah. Take but away something. Deprivation. I, but I think it's also part of the, I mean, there's certainly an adrenaline rush just in that and like, you know, the risk of it. Without the risk, it wouldn't be fun. If everybody wins, no one wants to play it anyway, right? It's like, well, what's the point of this? If I can't take away the joy of someone else to get my little bit of joy. I bet there's plenty of people who'd be like, but I can only enjoy winning if you are enjoying the game. Yeah. and I. This but, game is not for them. No, or or it is because they recognize that it's like the joy lasts beyond that one round. Yeah. And it is and and for sure lots of people play games and sports where it's cool that someone did well and they liked to be part of it and they like to see it. And of course they more enjoy when they're doing well and that's really fun, but they're not they're overall like they're not miserable unless they're winning. I mean some people are, but 
I think a lot of people like they, they play sports because it's like it's a team effort and you you know it's fun to be part of a team and yeah. and it's one of the reasons like you try to teach good sportsmanship <clears throat> is because it's fun for everybody. Team sports to me just seem like an opportunity to let a group of people down all at once. <laughs> yeah, I, <clears throat> the I reason mean, I played on a kickball team was that everybody else on the team felt the same way, uh-huh. and so we could all just not care. <laughs> right, and I think you can still have that. Like I think there's. Like the psychology of games and gaming is like a deep well of misunderstanding and myth and also lots of knowledge and understanding. Like it's, you know, it's an evolving. There's all kinds of true things about it, but the conclusions people draw from those things might not be. Sure. And I, I mean, I think that, you know, I've always not enjoyed sports myself as a kid. (laughs) I've always not enjoyed sports. (laughs) Like I just don't, I, I always had a hard time caring. I'm a not fan of sports. Yeah. Like, but I don't, but I do understand why people like to play. Yeah. Um, and I do, and I think that's important. Like, I wait, think, do people say that's why they play? I don't really know why people play sports. I think some people are just competitive and like to smash people. Well, Meg, it means different things to different people. It means different things to different people. I think that um, if you've if you've ever had if you ever played with if you ever played a sport with like teams where everyone was pretty happy to be there and enjoying the game, um, it can be really fun when everyone cheers that someone won and it was a good game well played. Um, that's, that's rare. That I, I, that the reason that the rarity of that is probably the reason I don't enjoy sports, right? More mm-hmm. often than not, it's someone being a dick and being like, Hey, like I'm, I'm better than you. And I feel good about myself because I am better than you. And my joy comes from your suffering of not being as good. Right. And my joy comes from me proving to you that I'm better at this thing or that I kicked you in the nuts harder, you know, I mean, I'd like to see some so. numbers on the force behind those nut, nut kicks. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, regardless, I think, um, you know, video game play is, uh, whether you play by yourself or mm-hmm. you play in a sport and whether it's formalized com- competition, like competitiveness is not always the goal of games from my point of view. Um, I, most of the games I enjoy when I, you know, when I play video games don't have much of a competitive aspect to them. It's much sure. more about um, Well, like when we talked about psychonauts. Yeah. Like you just practice your skills over and over again. Yeah. Until you like beat the game by finding all of the treasures that there are and mastering all of your skills and that that's right. you kind of like ceiling you hit a ceiling. Right. And you're also um it's it's fun, like there's a good I'm sure you enjoyed. I, uh, there's a certain I've read about uh, I've done a lot of study about the development of games and like what um the psychology of it and i think that um psychonauts is a good example of the kind of game where you're you're competing against the game and it's it's well balanced because most people can get like the learning curve of it or the ability to achieve and get better is is well balanced so that you're self-rewarding yourself like you get just good enough that when you do, when you go to the next level, you're encouraged to keep going. Yes. And so that's well, important in a well-balanced game. Like they're very successful in that regard. And then they also have their rewards are good. Like you're rewarded with new and novel, interesting information when you get to the end of whatever, when you master that skill, like, you know, in the traditional sense of like when you beat the level and you do good and you beat the level, you're rewarded with new, harder levels and interesting levels. Yeah, but bigger but it, bigger weaponry. <laughs> big and bigger weaponry, right? Like everything escalates and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. it's more of these things that I'm enjoying. Yeah. Um, and so good game, you know, or successful games, like regardless, of, 
I don't want to put too much like on the idea of like what's a good game or not, but yeah. a successful game is usually like that where more people want to play it because they're like, oh, that's a good balance of, mm-hmm. um, you know. And sometimes also when the game's too hard, it's still fun. You're like, I like watching my friend play it who's even better. Yes. And I get to enjoy some of the same. And that's sort of the team, like a good team aspect, right? Is it's mm-hmm. like the best teams are where it's like, well, we're technically on different teams, but we're all playing the sport. And when you made a good play, that was super awesome. Because I recognize you as another person yeah. doing the sport, and it's really cool to see that. And I'm glad I got to be part of it, even though it meant you scored a goal against us or whatever, when there's not a lot on the line. You know yeah. I mean? It's, it gets out of hand after that. I but. want my $2. <laughs> I want my $2. Um, oh, my God. Speaking of games, like, um, it would be really, really overly ambitious, but super fun to try and, like, make a three-dimensional game board that shifts around. Uh-huh. I don't know. That's maybe... A, that's an idea for another game. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I like that. Sure. We should definitely... I mean, that's definitely... Um, there's so many new technologies coming out that lend to... Um, the kind of board gaming you can do mm-hmm. is... I, I mean, I love the like the basic board games. That are, they're not basic by any means. I just mean like yeah. the low-tech games that are out yeah. there now and the, like, the really... The fascinating complexity that people have lended to or, you know, expanded on traditional board games mm-hmm. um, make them more fun yeah. and more interesting. And, like, it, it's really cool. And then when, you know, as technology develops and it's like, oh, you could have a three-dimensional board game that is rearranging itself and has some electronic component to it. and um, Or the sort of augmented reality kind of gaming that is... Um, both brings it back to a more traditional setting of like we're all sitting around a dining room table playing with our friends and family. Yeah. And so we're not all, um, you know, completely immersed in this virtual reality where we're sort of separated by like you're sitting at your computer over in your house and I'm sitting at my computer over in my house. Um, I mean, not to disparage that. There are communities around that. And yeah. regardless of what you think about it, those people have real world connections with each other and form yeah. friendships and and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, I'm just, I think I, it's fascinating to me of looking at like these traditional board games and how they might evolve towards, um, you know, people playing games at home in a totally different context mm-hmm. with, um, cause I, I'm not convinced. I mean, virtual reality is like definitely here. I, I think this final iteration or this latest iteration is probably going to stay. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like the iterations we had in the past, like in our, our youth that kind of came and went. Right. Yes. Um, you know, most people probably don't even know what a virtual boy is, but, um, oh my God. you know, I hope you do. Super fascinating. Um, terrible. Terrible? Like, really? I, I don't know if you ever played one. Like, it's very, um, it, it's. I remember seeing them, but I don't think I ever used one. I don't there's think a I've reason, ever used any There's a of... reason they weren't successful. I mean, it, it's just, it, it's really hard on your eyes and it's mm. not, um, it, they were, they were very difficult to to really interact and like pretty narrow in scope with their technology and stuff. And now like the virtual reality environments now are much more in, in immersive. They also do a lot to mitigate the idea, like the concept of like motion sickness and stuff because oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's correctly interactive, you know? Can you like fly? I want to go somewhere that I can fly. Probably. I don't know. I mean, it's something we should, I, I, I haven't followed it. Can this recently. ethics game have flight? <laughs> sure. Sure, right. I'm going to come with a like a writer of all of the weird shit that has to be in the game besides that. A writer, right? You're like, if my name's going on this, all these things need to be checked off before this game gets published. Resurrected Dodo. Right. 
I think, yeah, I don't know. I like that. Um, anyway, I, I think, um, just to kind of recap, I think we, we kind of, we, t- we talked around a little bit, the idea of mm-hmm. what an ethics game might look like. Yeah. Um, I imagine too, you know, sometimes it's more just a matter of like, I'm always really, I'd like to make games that don't necessarily like, they don't like teach some lesson that I think other people should think this way. Yeah. Like, I don't want to like put my morals out there. So it's like when I add like an ethics component to a game, it's like, I want the consequences to be ambiguous. Like you need to decide whether that was good or not a bad, <laughs> good or bad outcome. I support this. You know, like yeah. I don't want to create a game where it's like, well, I think that this is the right way to do it. So everyone better pull the trolley lever or the, you know, yeah. you know, if you don't pull the lever, then you're a bad person and you're punished for the rest of the game. Um, so if you, if you're allowed to make choices that don't have an obvious right or wrong. Yeah. And it's more nuanced than that. And you right. have to formulate some kind of an argument. Right. The ca- capturing the argument part may be important. Maybe I think not. it's a big part. And I think the way there's different ways you might go about capturing the argument. Mm-hmm. One way you might capture the argument is to um, present other choices that are, you know, you're just choosing. It's just, it's, it's lots of like yes or no questions in a sense. It's like, yeah. what would you do in this, in, in this situation in the video game? I mean, you could be as simple as that. Like, do you believe that like you start with the trolley problem in mm-hmm. a sense of like, you've got plenty of time to think about this, but, make your choice yeah you're like yes you should definitely pull the lever and then later when you're actually playing the game and you're faced with those consequences and they're a little bit tweaked and maybe you know the person that you're pulling the lever to get run over by the train or by the trolley or maybe you know those three people or maybe there's four people and four three people or you know something else or it has nothing to do with the trolley and now it's like a matter of like where do you crash the plane the plane's definitely going to crash do you do something or do you not do anything yeah um you know those things are uh are ways to have the player acknowledge like in a cut and dried way. It's like, Oh, here's the traditional problem. Here's the traditional moral dilemma or ethical dilemma. Yeah. What are, what, what's your gut reaction? Put it in there. And now when you go see the encounter, those in the field of play in the game environment, and then they come up and you make those decisions, we can reflect back to the player. Like, well, this is what you had said, right? But this is what you did. And it's not right or wrong. It's just kind of an interesting feedback loop where it's like, oh, like I can go through the game now and I can get a better reflection of who I am. It's like, I keep saying this, but when I'm faced with the nuances of these other environments, like I feel differently about it. This is like, it just is such a, uh, we're going to force so many people to reckon with themselves. But that's, I mean, that's the nature of, of life, right? I mean, it, people... It's just know. such a, a horrible process. Like, usually people play games to be able to do things that are not as bad as reality. <laughs> sure, like as an escapism. Uh-huh. And I'm not I'm not necessarily, like, I, I the goal, I think, I think the idea of a game is sort of loaded in the sense that it's like you think of an escapist pa- path. And it's like, oh, I want to go somewhere where things are great. Yeah. You know, and I have a lot of autonomy and control, and I think... I think people play games um, or games games are often successful because it rewards you in a way that it's like, oh, you feel good about yourself or whatever that feeling is I'm getting from this is something that I want to get more of. Yeah. I want to keep doing it and keep having that experience. And, mm. um, and so I'm not, I'm not I'm not necessarily advocating that it's like, oh, if we do this, the game will be really successful. I mean, it may be terrible. I mean, there's. I you know, We could. Well, then we could just start chasing down really like 
derogatory opinions about it. Like sure. this game, this game is unplayable. Right. This game is. But I mean, that's. I mean, there's. This game ruined my day. This game ruined my day. I wish I'd never run into this game. I had a meticulously constructed reality that I was willing to live within. Yeah. And you just tore it all down. But I mean, that's not going to happen. You know, no, like people don't give up their core beliefs easily. I just think they'll just not play our game. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. it's not, I'm not worried that we're going to cause some kind of, we're like, going to have to like force, personal, force people to play this if, game. If someone's having a personal crisis because they're playing this game and they come to an ethical dilemma and it really makes them reconsider stuff and they want to think differently about themselves, then that's like, I can't, I, I find that unlikely. <laughs> yeah. Because most of the stuff we're talking about, you're faced with that kind of stuff all the time in life, in real life. And people are the way they are because they've been reinforced into the place where they are. And then they protect that place of being like, this is how I think about the world. And I want to keep it that way. So just because because we make a game of it. Don't upset my worldview. Yeah. It's upsetting. Right. Yeah. But, you know, for sure, this game is never going to be on par with like all the. I mean, Rockstar has just been like turning out games that people have been upset about every release. Really? Oh, Grand Theft Auto. Like, you know, the fact that you can like you know, literally go pick up hookers and you can, you know, shoot people and commit crimes and it's all rewarded. I don't see why picking up hookers is always placed on the same, like. It doesn't, I mean, there's not even moral judgment on my end. It's more just a matter of like. Right. Like it's, it's a real representation. It's a glorification of a very particular male centric lifestyle, right? I'm going to be gangster and play a game. Right. Which means go and commit crimes and get more money so that I can have more hookers and blow, right? Quite literally in hookers the game. Hookers and blow, hookers and blow. And that's the whole, you know, that's like their whole marketing thing for Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Um, it's a sort of gamification and, and allows other people to live that great lifestyle or whatever it is. Right. Um, you know, so that, I mean, that's, I, I, I'm not even saying this to condemn it. I've, very much enjoyed playing Grand Theft Auto in my life. Like it's I thought not, it was fun. It's super fun. I like that, driving on the sidewalk. Oh yeah, me too. I love doing all kinds of fun stuff. But and and at the end of the day, I mean the game is um the fun thing about that game is it gives you this sort of virtual environment that you can go do the stuff that you would not normally do in real life for a lot of people. Right. I'm not going to go drive over all the civilians and that are driving or the pedestrians that are driving on the sidewalk. It's not gonna be as fun as the game. No, exactly. And I, I mean, if nothing else, it's not going to be fun. But in that game context, I can explore all kinds of weird things. Right. You know, I can run around and be be a nut job. I can go steal airplanes and fly across the map and do all kinds of stuff. That is hilarious. Can do you crash the airplane? Yeah, you can crash the airplane. Do you yeah. survive it? Um, no, typically not. I think you can jump out of the airplane with a parachute and let it crash itself. I, anyway, my point being is that <laughs> I feel like you derailed me on this one. What I was trying to get across is that whatever we create about moral dilemmas, it's unlikely to be as controversial as some of the major games that are out there. And it's certainly oh, yeah. not going to cause, um, I, I just don't imagine it's going to cause a lot of psychological upset for many people. I think we um, should send test versions to Rockstar. Sure. Okay. I'm yeah. sure they'll have a lot of fun playing that. I, they might. I mean, the right the right setup, they might really dig it. They certainly have a very... Um, the impression I get, I don't, I don't know any of them personally, but the, like the media I read and like the various things I read and, and also their in-game jokes and things. It's like, they kind of strike me as, um, they have a similar kind of 
Cards Against Humanity kind of vibe to them mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, I don't think they're quite as cool. Yeah. Cards Against Humanity has like put their money where their mouth is. I mean, they've they're done great. some pretty ridiculously cool things with their their newfound popularity. They bought an island. Yeah. Well, they bought that whole strip of land um, coming right off the Mexico border, and then and then put money down for lawyers who are there to defend it. Yeah. If and when they ever manage to build a border wall, that's so great. Which is hilarious. Is that what they did this year? That was last year. I last think. year. Yeah. What was this year? I don't know. I didn't. I usually I always try to participate in their Christmas things, but I did not. This yeah, year, I used so. to a lot. Yeah. Or like many years in a row, I did. Yeah. I should rephrase that. Right. I used to a lot. Yeah. Have done. <laughs> Have done. May do so in the future. Did. Yeah. Anyway, um, that box on my countertop. Yeah. I keep looking at it, thinking it's a package of Thin Mints. It is not. No. It is a sprinkler system. It's a sprinkler component. system that looks like Thin Mints, and it's making me want them. What else? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of what I was thinking about. Um, you know, and obviously, like, you know, if we were, if, if we want to actually, like, sit down and, like, commit some of this to, like, actual code, like, I, I'd be down for that. But we'd probably need to discuss beyond some gesticulating and conversation. Right. Yeah. I'm still not totally clear on it, but... I, I, I guess, like... You seem to have a much better idea of how it will work than I do. Well, I think I'm more comfortable with the unknown of it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I want to get at, like... For me, it's, like, identifying, like, what are the fundamentals of the gameplay and, like, what, like, like weed out the weeds. It's, like, if we were going to be, like, we're going to just make a trolley simulator... And it's like, okay, so that's great. Then let's like take out all everything. It doesn't need to be in three-dimensional. It literally could be like a black square moving along on a track and you can see a switch where you determine whether it goes left or right. And then if it goes left, it hits the, you know, the one pink dot. And if Mm -hmm. it goes right, it hits the three pink dots. Like it's very rudimentary, right? Yeah. And the player has 15 seconds to push the button and you just tell the player, it's like, those are real human lives in this virtual environment, right? right? Or something, you know, you're just like, those are cute pink bunnies. Should one die or three, some bunny's going to die. Some bunny's going to die. I like that. Yeah. Some bunny's going to die. So, um, you know, <laughs> I mean, you can see like, like for me, it's like I'm, I think about it very like abstractly mm-hmm. and I'm trying to keep it in the abstract until it comes time to actually implement it. And then how realistic does it actually have to be to have the effect that we want? I mean, there should be bodily fluids when the trolley happens. Okay. Like how much? We're like we're gonna rep- need like bags of blood. Bags of blood. Bags of blood. Okay. Like um. Like well, gushing. I think I have eight liters of blood in me. Okay. Well, since we're the same size, I must have eight liters as well. Right. So at least eight liters. At least, at least eight liters of blood. Got it. Okay. You can reorder bags of blood online. Oh, that's how we monetize it. Yeah. If you need to restock your bunny blood. That's right. Put in a dollar here. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. If you need to pay a fee, you can put in an extra dollar. Sure. If, if you feel like you're not paying enough for this experience, we have a mechanism for that where you can put in another If you dollar. feel like this experience doesn't cost you enough already. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, pay more here. Pay more here. Right. Help offset the cost of building this website. Pay more here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Is this not happening fast enough for you? Put some more money in here. Put Will s- we go faster? Probably not. But 
you will feel like you're, you you will be doing more than other people to make it go faster. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you could, we could have an option to feature, you know, imagery of people's actual family in the game. So oh, if you yeah. want to like pay extra, to have your faces of your to family, have the faces on those of your family <laughs> on those bunnies that are tied to the railroad tracks. Uh huh. Charlie's bearing down on them. I, I love that they're tied down too. Well, I you they would have to be because the person obviously must be incapacitated, or yes. they'd just get up and move, right? And you right, wouldn't exactly. have to pull the lever, right? Like you know, there's that's something nobody ever talks about. Like why don't why didn't you just pick your ass up? Uh huh. Yeah. So I didn't have to run you over, right? Yeah, I mean it's to hard save to, some people. It's hard to take a lot of like personal culpability for the trolley running over three people who are just milling about on the track, right? It's like you guys could have moved. You could have moved. I don't. I. I'm definitely. I mean, in that case, but that's kind of my example of like iterations of the trolley problem. It's right. like, okay, well, in that case, I'm not pulling the lever. That's on them. <coughs> that other right. guy. Why does he have to die? He knows that the trolley. He's not expecting the trolley to come down that track because it's clearly indicated. He can see the lever or whatever. Yeah. So he knows. So he has no expectation <laughs> of dying. Those three have every. They have every chance to expect to die, considering where they're standing and being idiots standing on the track. Your mom told you not to stand on those tracks. Right. Exactly. You know, it could be funny to to just like, okay, so they don't die, but they lose a limb and they have arterial blood loss. <laughs> Dismemberment. Right. So long protracted death, potentially. Long protracted death. Uh, yeah. And the second step is, okay, you pulled the lever. Now you have to drive this person to the hospital in a stolen car. <laughs> a stolen cop car. A stolen cop car. Right. Okay. Right. Will you still do it? Will you still do it? Right. Or would you pull the lever for the four dead people and not have to drive them anywhere? Right. But that's, I mean, these are all classic like iterations. Like if you're like. <laughs> I mean, the cop car one isn't classic. But... No, but, but in the, <laughs> you know, if you pull the lever, another person dies or you pull the lever and you die. Right. You pull the lever. Like you sacrifice yourself for three people. Lots of people don't have a problem with that. It's like kind of what's the like standing on a cliff one where it's like if you push the man over the cliff. Or you yourself jump over the cliff. What? I don't know that one. I can't remember. I, I It was some rephrasing of essentially the trolley problem where it was like, you know, uh, like five people are going to die unless this person gets pushed over the cliff to like bump the lever, right? Yes. And so that person will die or you can jump off the cliff and push the lever. Why is there a lever down a cliff? I don't know. It doesn't matter. The point being is like, do you like people are usually more willing in the thought experiment so, to sacrifice themselves. Right. So this is a, one of us is going to die. Which one is it going to be? Well, that's the thing. Like, well, it's, yeah, it's like, do I choose myself for the greater good? Like uh -huh. lots of people seem to have, um, philosophically, they're more comfortable with making that decision because they think of themselves as uh, they're the hero of their own story, right? I get to be right. the hero. Like I'm going to save everybody. Yeah. But in reality, like actually doing that is a whole different thing, right? It's perfectly fine to sit in a, you know, in a thought experiment where there's no consequences. Mm -hmm. And that's where the game, you know, where the game can help put more consequences on these decisions and also put a clock on things. It's like you only get to make that decision once and yeah. it, you only got 15 seconds and it's happening right now. Do we and want people to learn room. anything from this? Well, that's what or I was trying to get Or is it just like at. for the hell of it? No, I mean, I think, I think anytime you, you want people to learn from it, you're putting a lot of your own values on things. Right which means that I want to be very considerate about that. So, yeah, and that's the, where I was going to kind of circle around to eventually is like all of these thought experiments are, belong to their creators, some of whom, you know, are like, I can't remember 
See, this is why we need to research this before I talk about it, because I'm going to sound like an idiot who doesn't know anything about ethics if I keep talking. Um, sure. But there's lots of different thought experiments that are attributable to the philosophers who came up with them. And mm-hmm. so that somehow has to get wrangled into the game, because this isn't just like in the collective conscious. It's actually people's like ideas and their arguments and stuff like that. Oh, I see. So not so much like not so much a life lesson, but like, hey, here's let's put it in factual context. Yeah, I mean, I like, like that. I mean, I love because if like, there, if we want people to actually give a shit, I mean, I I don't see what the point of creating a game and using actual thought experiments from ethics would be if you yeah. weren't hoping to educate somebody about that and also well, attribute those so ideas to the you people could, who created them. I, I I'm this is where my naivety might show through, but um, I could envision if we talked about that uh, that sort of open world game where you can move around the world and then you're you're sort of presented with ethical dilemmas that you can choose to engage with or not yeah um and then as we're reporting your your actions like we were talking about like what your decisions were made like as you get a statistical report of the ethical dilemmas that you engaged with and how you resolved them Mm -hmm. um then we could start to report to you who you're most in line, like your decision was in line with the thinking of this person. So basically be like, okay, this is how Kant would have, like this is what Kant says would have been the right thinking around this. And this Mm. is the action that you took, which is in line with that or against it or more in line with this other person. Do you see what I'm saying? Like I'm very loosely getting at this, but you could also make a whole game around. um, I can imagine a role-playing game where like we get some uh, like, you know, select, a selection of the classical philosophers mm-hmm. um, identify some core concepts that they think around and then make sure that, that we're looking at the, um, they don't always have to be oppositions, but the ones that are like, you know, this is the way Plato would have discussed this or whatever, you know, kind of try to classify them a little bit, like break them down into some like rudimentary components and then create a whole role playing system around that where you're um, almost like a class system, right? Yeah. And so as you choose a particular path and you continue mm-hmm. to kind of behave in that way, then you're, um, you, you know, you're, you're learning about that, that particular um, philosopher and their thinking. Right. Because you're like, oh, I need to do these things in this way in order to become that person or become that class. Or I, it, it's real hand wavy right now, but I can imagine, um, you know, breaking something down a little bit like that yeah and then you know as a and then you know the rest of it's just fun shit it's like well and then you just go out and kill shit <laughs> like you do in all video games right right but with you know ostensibly it's about moral philosophers right but really it's just about running around killing shit, shit you know but funny but funny um but yeah i mean everyone it's like, hates moral philosophers right i mean I, that's a great title of a video game everyone hates moral philosophers, philosophers and then somehow you come up with a you know you have this like role-playing game that's sort of based around moral philosophers and moral philosophy and um Ethics. and in order to be successful at the game you have to at least have some basic understanding of what the thinking is around there yeah and so the way that you do that it's now you're not you're not telling people that it's right you're just telling people this is what it is and so we're trying to represent it in a game environment so that you can learn the experience like you know, you can learn about how Plato thought about things. It's not, we're not saying it's right. It's just that you will be more, you will move more towards in, uh, you know, you will advance the Plato class by doing this. Oh man. It's, it's a little hand wavy, but I can, I can envision like a way to make that work. Um, I think, 
Um, I'm just kind of envisioning like some kind of role playing game where your rewarded experience for going through. So like if you, you know, if we're kind of still talking about these like ethical dilemmas or these sort of like decision points in the game, mm-hmm. um, and then your behavior in that decision point rewards you points in those different aspects. So if your if your resolution of that particular conflict was more in line with Plato, then your Plato points go up. So like, and then the, you can spend them on the abilities. Thing though, the thing that's really tricky though is that like the thought experiments are usually there to illustrate a particular thought process or a mm-hmm. particular argument. Right. And so they don't. There's not a lot of crossover. No, I can imagine there's not, but um, I can imagine that you might. Um, you could reward the player both with knowledge of the thought experiments in general, which means that they could go out and seek them out. <coughs> like mm-hmm. you would know that it's like, oh, I want to go down this particular path because if I can rank up in my Plato class, then I get this ridiculous superpower. Like, you know, Plato gets the power of writing for someone else, right? Or whatever, you know, whatever stupid yeah. thing it is. Um, that gives you some bonus thing and, you know, whatever. It does something that is a reward for completing the game. And so then you would know to seek those out and then your ability to resolve them um, in the way that he would or the way that his his sort of philosophical thinking is, like it expresses your understanding of that, but in a um, in a more fundamental kind of game way rather than like, you know, just being like, okay, now answer this rote question of memorization, but just being like, okay, like here's here's what he would think about this and we could set them up and, you know, and it'd be it'd be some some form of gameplay. I mean, I don't know, maybe it's like more traditional role playing where it's like, then you just go fight the like whatever demon or whatever you do. Um, I think this is going to be really hard. Yeah. I mean, well, any, any creation from nothing is difficult, right? Yeah. I just don't know if philosophy is the, like the good, the subject that would like lend itself very well to gameplay. Well, I mean, it's not, um, but it already does. I know. You're already faced with those. I mean, like, <laughs> like we were talking about. It's like, fogging here. I can't see the vision. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think what I'm getting at is like you. Everybody has their own internal philosoph- philosophy of life, right? What? <laughs> That's generous. I, okay. I mean, whether you whether you think about it or yeah. not is irrelevant to my... Like, everybody has their internal framework of how they navigate the world. Some justification right? for why they're doing what they're doing. Sure. Or not. Even I mean, unconsciously. Made, yeah, yeah, unconscious or not. I mean, everybody has their internal driving forces. And so um, that that is a... that That's true. Pe- yeah, people just... People make a series of choices and in the setting where they're making the choice, they make the best, what they think is the best right. choice for them at but, the time. Uh, given the other the, thing, I, I mean, the other thing is like, we don't have to think so big. Like, I'm not trying to think that our audience is like all these people. It's like our audience might be like a real small subset of people who are interested in philosophy. And it's like, I really love this game because it's hilarious mm-hmm. because of the way they represented like the thinking of Plato. Yeah. Like what? I mean, some of those comics you share with me, I bet their following is pretty small relative to like uh, like the dead philosophers yeah i mean it's hilarious if you know anything about yeah the the philosophers and how they think and like they're great jokes and funny puns and all kinds of fun stuff and there might and i'm not saying it's not appealing to a general audience but Mm -hmm. the work to even understand some of those jokes i mean that makes it sound elitist it's just to to fully like 
appreciate how funny they can be or for it to hit you in a funny way is is it hits you harder if you're someone you who's have to like, be in on the joke you had tried to already read some of that and been like well, this is just in like indecipherable and then yeah. you read a funny comic about it and you're like oh yes i totally ident like it's easier to identify with it's yeah. not that it's elitist or anything like that it's just a very niche like particular corner of it's like some well, the, memes the right? punch like, lines require you to understand the source text otherwise it's not funny yeah right it's like in the in to have it explained afterwards kind of ruins the joke a little bit i mean but it's also it. yeah. yeah i mean it's fine it's fine and i'm just saying like you can make a game like that it doesn't have to be this game that appeals to the masses and we're going to teach everybody about moral philosophy yeah it could just be like if you've already studied a bit of moral philosophy you might Enjoy this, game, play this game. You might want to play this game just for the, you know. The thing that I like about the, the dead philosophers is they make so much fun of the actual like arguments that these old philosophers made. Right, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like yeah. it could be very satirical. It doesn't have to be like if we made a role-playing game hmm. that was based around dead philosophers, it, that's funny. Yeah. In and of itself. Oh, I get to go be I get to be Plato and go slay demons or whatever. You know, or whatever I'm doing. Yeah. Put on my put on my armor that's made of like poorly constructed arguments. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you're just kind of like there's so many opportunity for <laughs> Wait, humor. This is going to be such a niche game. The only people who are ever going to be willing to play it are the two of us. That's fine. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily like have to be. Um, it's also like a work in progress. Like we can just talk about it and like you know we've had this yeah. conversation. We have another one and see say you know tomorrow when you wake up and you're like i, I want to know what your motivation is yeah i need to know well i mean before we go any further with this i need mm -hmm. to know why you're doing this like right. what are we going to get out of this right 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 <laughs> hashtag stuff seth says yeah <laughs> oh man all right well um anyway i feel like we've I've, I've kind of bashed that one in the head pretty hard um yeah we should call it, call it. <laughs>